Hello again, it's Annette Dennison. It looks as if I mucked up the last bit of the last episode, so I can only apologise because I didn't edit it properly. What I did was left the last three, sorry, the first three bits of it in various stages on the end of the episode. I really hope you'll bear with me. I'm very new to this. I've only been doing it for four months, so I'm hoping I won't make too many mistakes after this. Please forgive me. Okay, well, this is the uh, third instalment of Hubert the Crow. Um, Can't quite work out where I ended it last time. So what we'll do is start off on page 11, which is where Hubert's thinking, wouldn't his mum and dad be proud of him if they saw him flying like all his brothers and sisters? And it would be nice to go home to the treetops and visit. So wouldn't his mum and dad be proud if they saw him flying like all his brothers and sisters and it would be nice to go home to the treetops and visit. Hubert landed on the cluttered table on the other side of his windowsill, sorry the windowsill, and looked around. He found himself in a bright sunny kitchen lit by another window on the far side and an open stable door at the back of the room as well as the window behind him. Standing by a large range cooker called an arga that spanned the inside and fourth wall was a young woman with long dark hair and a welcoming smile on her pretty face. Hello, Hubert, she said in a low, gentle voice. Welcome to my home. Hubert spied Walter sitting next to the large cream arger on a folded blanket. To Hubert's nervous eyes, he looked relaxed and comfortable, nibbling on a piece of cheese beside Diablo. Come on over, said Walter. There's plenty of room. Uh, uh... No, that's all right, Walter. Hubert shifted his feet nervously and eyed the cat. I'm fine over here. Melisande spoke soothingly. There's nothing to fear, Hubert. No one's going to hurt you or make you do anything you don't want. Hubert hopped onto the back of the chair, tucked in under the table, and eyed Melisande curiously. How come I can understand you, asked Hubert. That's what I don't understand. You're human. You shouldn't be able to communicate with us. Melisande laughed. I made a special potion that allows us to hear and understand each other. She explained, I have been using it for a long time to assist animals who are sick and injured so that they can tell me what the issue is and then I can pass them on to Otto, the local vet, so he can treat them. Oh, Hubert was again reminded of how little he knew. But I haven't drunk any. No, indeed you haven't, smiled Melisande. The potion spread around my house and garden. The moment you pass through the gate, you're touched by my potion and hey presto. It stays with you and you will now always be able to hear and understand humans. It can be very handy. Hubert stared at Melisande consideringly, all his nervousness fading in the face of the calm acceptance from the cat and the mouse sitting side by side on the blanket being warmed by the heat radiating from the range cooker. Hmm, he thought to himself, that could be very handy. He ruffled his feathers and settled more comfortably on the chair back. So now we can get down to business, inquired Melisande. Hubert nodded. Melisande seemed like a nice person. Walter appeared to trust her and from what he said, truly believed that she would help Hubert. So why not? After all, he had nothing to lose. So what do we do then? Hubert asked. We're going to go to Stonehenge for the summer solstice. We're going to meet up with the Druids. 
They're going to help with the magics. Druids have been around in history since the 4th century. They're descended from Celtic religious figures and were suppressed by the Romans during their reign in England. The Druids were prized as advisers and sorcerers in the courts of the kings and queens of England through the centuries and the magic has been passed down through families. So with a combination of their magic and mine, we'll get you in the air. So when are we going? asked Walter excitedly. The solstice is tomorrow and tonight the festivities start, so now would be a good time. It'll give us time to get there and set up our tent. The party goes on all night and then first thing in the morning we can do the deed, Melisande stated firmly. I've already spoken to Davith, the druid priest. He's a friend of mine and he'll be there. Tonight. Do you have anyone you need to tell that you won't be home tonight, Hubert? Melisande asked. Hubert goggled in amazement. Everything had already been arranged. When did you arrange all this? His voice rose in astonishment. It didn't take much arranging, Melisande said. We were all going to the solstice festivities already, so a phone call to Davith and we were all ready to help. So is there anyone we need to contact so they won't worry? No, Hubert said. I live alone. Okay then, said Melisande. We need a set of wheels, so follow me. Melisande walked with the three of them out through the back door and down the path to the big stone building that sat behind the cottage, passing a herb garden and some fruit trees. Melisande trailed her hand along the tops of the herbs, releasing the fragrant aromas of lavender and rosemary. Where are we going? asked Hubert a trifle fearfully. I told you, Hubert, remember? replied Melisande gently. We need a set of wheels to get us there. Oh, yes. Hubert laughed nervously. The wheels. In his head, he had visions of trying to balance on a wheel. He wasn't sure how that was going to work. Melisande led the way to the double doors at the front of the barn. We keep all the vehicles in here, he, she said, as she pulled open the doors. Inside the shed, there were a few vehicles, a large back vehicle with lots of shiny bits on it, a large black motorbike, a blue vehicle, and as Melisande led them to the other side of the biggest vehicle, they saw a small blue and white scooter with a sidecar. What, this one? said Walter in surprise. Yes, replied Melisande firmly. This is my Vespa, and she's very reliable. OK, said Hubert slowly. He had never been in a vehicle in his life. Of course, he had seen many in his time living on the verge, but he didn't think he'd ever seen one like this. Hubert didn't think he'd ever, ever seen any like the little combination sitting there with all those much bigger vehicles as if it owned the barn. Right, said Menisan. Come on, boys. Hubert, you sit on the seat in the sidecar and you, Walter can sit in the front of my jacket collar in my scarf. Melisande gently lifted Hubert into the sidecar and placed him on the blue padded seat. Then leaning down, she held out the flat of her hand to Walter. Come on, Walter, hop on and you can tuck yourself in. Diablo jumped up onto the back of the Vespa without a word and settled himself down on the spare seat atop the single man tent and small mound of luggage tied there. Walter curled himself up in the softness of Melisande's woollen scarf and tucked his tail round him. 
He could smell the fragrance of soap and a nice flowery scent from Melisande's warm neck. And he cuddled down. Wow, he thought to himself, this must be what first-class travel feels like. There was a sensation of movement and Walter looked out from his comfy nest in Melisande's scarf to see her wheeling the bike out into the spring sunshine. Okay, guys, it's going to be a bit noisy to start with and then we're off. Melisande pushed down on the starter pedal and there was a roar of noise that quickly settled into a rhythmic rattle. Hubert could see the road winding along in front of them and wondered for a second how long it would take to get to this Stonehenge place that the others kept talking about. From where he stood, it looked as if the Vespa was flying along. He hopped to the edge of the seat and clung tightly to the blue leather, his heart starting to beat faster with excitement. Eyeing the small windscreen in front of him, Hubert experimentally jumped up onto the dashboard and then onto the screen. Suddenly, being battered by the rush of the wind flying at him, Hubert felt the ruffle of his feathers and his wings lifted. Oh my, he thought, this must be what flying really feels like. Hubert's wings caught in the rush of the air and he lifted, his heart hammering now with excitement. He felt himself start to rise up, then promptly to tumble backwards and landed in a heap on top of the groceries on the floor of the side, side car with a loud squawk. Melisande stopped the bike with a screech of brakes, nearly rolling Hubert under the seat as she stopped. She leaned over and peered into the sidecar. Are you all right, Hubert? What happened there? Hubert rolled over and stood up, tidying his feathers with a quick shake. <clears throat> he cleared his throat. Just a minor mess, mishap. Walter poked his nose out from his cosy nest in Melisande's scarf and blinked his eyes sleepily and then tucked his head back out of sight. Diablo hid a grin and settled himself more comfortably. Finally satisfied that his feathers were looking tidy again, Hubert hopped onto the seat and settled down, tucking his feet under him with a flounce and a fluff of his feathers. All set, said Melisande, hiding her, her amusement at the bird's antics. On they drove for hours until they could see the stones on the hill in front of them as they sped along the A303, this side of Aylesbury. The sun was beginning to set and the view was quite spectacular. Look, Walter, Melisande spoke quietly so as not to frighten the mouse lying against her throat. Walter, she tried again. She felt small movements as Walter stretched and then a little face popped up beside her chin. Oh my! Walter breathed excitedly, knowing what an important and sacred place it was. Is that it? Stonehenge? Yes, said Melisande. That Stonehenge. Hubert heard the voices and sat up from where he'd been dozing with his head under his wing. Are we there yet? He whined plaintively. Melisande turned off the 303 onto the road to Aylesbury and said, Look to your right, Hubert, and you will see for yourself. So those things, are they what we came to see? asked Hubert, unimpressed at the pile of rocks he could see in the short distance. Yes, Hubert. That Stonehenge, in all its glory, with thousands of years of history and prayers soaked into the rock. They were hewn from the Welsh hills and dragged here, piece by piece, to make a landmark that can be seen for miles, continued Melisande, her voice sounding louder as she turned into a parking space and cut the engine. Walter poked his head out further so that he could see Hubert. 
Well, Hubert, prompted Walter with a happy smile, did you enjoy the journey? Melisande gently took Walter from his nest in her scarf and placed him on the seat beside Hubert. Spying a large group of people getting out of an old bus, she started walking in their direction. Won't be a moment, guys, she called back to the friends. The group were dressed in flowing clothes with various scarves and shawls to protect them from the chills of the spring day. Diablo checked out the group. That's the Druids, he told Hubert. Walter waited expectantly for Hubert to enthuse over the journey. It was okay, I suppose, Hubert grumped. I slept most of the way. Me too, sighed Walter happily. It was great, so cosy and warm. In fact, I would say that it's the best trip I've ever had. Walter finally noticed Hubert's sour face. Whatever is the matter? asked Walter in a worried voice. I can't fly, Hubert cried unhappily. Walter stared at Hubert in concern. I know, Hubert. That's why we're here. No, no. I mean, I really can't, Walter. I've tried, Hubert said woefully. I tried in the sad car on the journey up. Walter looked at Hubert's sad face. Oh dear, what happened, Hubert? asked Walter sympathetically. He tried flying while we were moving, Diablo's voice interrupted from the back of the bike. They were not the right conditions for a first flight, and you put yourself at a disadvantage. Diablo chastised Hubert in a kind voice, then more briskly pointed out that Melisande was approaching with a group of druids. She stopped beside the sidecar, smiled at Hubert encouragingly, and introduced the large man standing beside her. Hubert, this is Dabith. He's the druid priest I told you about, and he is most interested in helping you gain your flight again. Good afternoon, gentlemen, smiled the large man with a mane of dark hair and bushy beard. It's always a pleasure to meet new friends. Now, he continued, raising his voice to encompass the crowd around them, time to enjoy the bounty of the earth and raise up our voices in praise of gods and goddesses. The crowd of followers cheered and then returned to the old bus to unpack their tents ready for the night. The evening passed in a blur of singing and dancing, with juicy morsels of food offered to both Walter and Hubert from the friendly druids as they enjoyed the festival. There were prayers and spells intoned with equal gravity and fervour. Melisande gathered up her companions and settled them into bed in various nests in the tent, made up from her scarf and a couple of blankets. Hubert felt his eyelids drooping and sighed with contentment. It had been good fun being in the group of druids, known as a grove. They had been kind and generous. Hubert's tummy was full and he had a comfortable bed for the night. He had also gained more friends in one day than in the whole of the rest of his life. Okay, so I'm going to stop there because we've come to a natural pause and then we'll do the last bit of the book at the end of July. I look forward to hearing from any of you if you want to send me a message. Otherwise, I'll speak to you again at the end of the month. Happy listening. Bye-bye.